In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In one of the sermons that bring the biblical world down to earth, a priest I know once talked about his life in Africa. He told us how the people in one of the villages where he was serving knew each other's sheep the way we might know one another's children. As the priest sat in a group in the village, a person would stop by and say, have you seen my sheep so-and-so, identifying his own sheep by name. Through the dark night, my friend heard villagers calling out names. They're calling their sheep, one of the locals told him. They will all find each other. This feature of village life in a place small enough and close enough where folks know which sheep are theirs and which belong to someone else, where sheep themselves know to whom they belong, was as familiar to our Lord as it is unfamiliar to us. In this portion of chapter 10 of St. John's Gospel, as Jesus tries to describe the connection between himself and his followers, he uses images that he hopes will touch the hearts and minds of his hearers. These images that touch our hearts and minds as well. In the preceding chapters of St. John's Gospel, the people who have been listening to Christ and witnessing his ministry are puzzled and unsettled. They've been asking themselves, who is he? How can we trust him? Is he really from God or simply some new charlatan in town? Our Lord answers these questions both pragmatically and poetically. Pragmatically, he shows people that he does things that God alone or one who is blessed by God can do. And he describes the blessing he brings from God in poetic terms. In the first part of the passage, Jesus identifies himself as a true shepherd. Sheep farming was a regular part of life in Palestine and sheep and shepherds would have been well-known images for Christ's hearers. Our Lord, of course, was speaking figuratively, saying that he is the good shepherd, in contrast to the many selfish and uncaring kings and leaders that Israel had suffered under in the past. However, in verse 6, the narrator explains to us that Jesus' hearers did not understand his figure of speech, and therefore Christ offers another way to understand his relationship to the people. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. In villages and towns in the Middle East, communal sheepfolds existed for the protection of sheep at night. Such sheepfolds were protected by a strong door and only the guardian had a key. But if you lived in the countryside, the sheepfolds were walled areas out in open landscapes. Often the wall was topped with briars. The entrance to the sheepfold was a single opening without a gate or door. In the evening, the shepherd would bring his flock back to the sheepfold, put some briars across its entrance, and then lie down there himself. We can now see that the only way into the sheepfold was the shepherd. He actually served as the gate of the door. 
when our Lord described himself as both the shepherd and the gate, his hearers understood these two terms to refer to the same person. We can observe several interesting things about the shepherd with whom Jesus identifies himself. Firstly, this shepherd has the well-being of the sheep at heart rather than his own well-being. The shepherd is neither a thief nor a bandit who would steal the sheep. Christ emphasizes the particular difference between the bandit and the shepherd. The shepherd enters rightly, properly, and openly into the sheepfold. It is appropriate for him to come and call his sheep, and he does so consistently entering through the door. All is open and above board. There is an obliging doorkeeper and sheep who respond to the sound of their names. There is a relationship of trust among all parties here. Notice too that the sheep are not presented as totally dumb. They hear, they follow, and they flee from false shepherds. They're able to know whom to trust. Their trust is validated and emphasized by another aspect of the shepherd's behavior. He brings the sheep out of the fold and then goes before them. The sheep do not simply escape some confinement or hasten out into the foot in or outside in order to brave the larger world on their own. The shepherd leads them out and then goes before them, in front of them, to lead. The sheep are not abandoned. To press this image into his hearers' minds, our Lord repeats himself and says to them, I am the gate, that is, I am the proper way, the right way, the only way into the sheepfold. Pasture, that is, life, is through me, the door. Those who enter the sheepfold are being saved. And as they're let out, they're being brought into pasture and life, rather than being snatched up for their destruction. We see then that there is no problem in describing Jesus as both shepherd and gate. Rather, Christ speaks of the gate in order to help clarify the image of the shepherd. In both cases, it's about the one who is trustworthy. Our Lord is both leader and path, and he brings his followers into ample pasture. He is a good shepherd, the one whose work and life offer the sheep and their well-being. He is the right way and the true way to enter into the fullness of life. Today, more than ever, let us listen for the shepherd's voice. Let us respond to him as he calls us by name, and let us follow him as he leads us into new life. Amen. Oh,